listening to Dudes Talking Sports. I'm Casey Foreman. From the NBA to the NFL, I'll be giving you the most recent and up-to-date news in the world of sports. You can listen live every Monday at 5 p.m. Central Standard Time at SIUEWebRadio.com or on the TuneIn Radio app and every Wednesday wherever you get your podcasts. All right, and welcome to this week's episode of Dudes Talk and Sports. I'm your co-host, as always, Casey Foreman, alongside my co-host in Tanner File. Tanner, great to be here with you. Football is back, my man. Yeah, those are the best three words in the human language. Football is back. Dude, there's so much to take a look at and talk, you know, talk about today. Obviously, the NFL's preseason kicked off last Thursday. I think Washington and New England kicked off the preseason besides the uh, well, uh, Cowboys and Steelers Hall of Fame game, obviously. But the preseason kicked off last week. Let's talk about what we've seen so far. Who And also, you know, I think there, there's, there's been a lot of a quarterback controversy, if you will, around the league. Uh, so let's talk about who should and who shouldn't be starting Week one as well. Take a look at all those different quarterback competitions around the league. Uh, then we'll move on and talk about the NFL's top 100 list. Not the entire list is out like what a number uh, number is 100 through number 41. Well, 60 players have been released so far. So we'll discuss what is out so far and our opinions on it. Some guys who are a little high, some are a little low. Then we'll wrap up the all football first half talking about the AFC South. We'll continue with our, uh, with our NFC over under division segment. And again, we'll take a look at the AFC South, the Colts, the Jaguars, the Texans, and of course the Tennessee Titans. We'll talk about all those teams here in the first half. Then a little bit of a different second half, Tanner, all things basketball in the second half today isn't that right yeah we're trying to uh keep you guys on your toes here throwing basketball to the second half pretty much so we're gonna we're gonna start with the uh the big news from today the joel Embiid extension gets a max extension uh a lot of people in philadelphia are pretty happy about that that they got him locked up long term but a lot of nba fans are wondering what does this mean for Joel Embiid's career? Is he going to be able to bring a title to a franchise that's been starved for one for so long? And then after that, we're going to be talking about the NBA Summer League, and it's wrapping up today. So yeah, we have, right. uh, yeah, so we have some guys that we think uh, really stood out in Summer League, and some guys that we think uh, might be contenders for Rookie of the Year. And then to wrap up the show, we're going to be talking about a list that Bleacher Report put out, the uh, top, th- 10, yeah, uh, top 10 yeah. top ten big threes. Me and Casey have our uh, own personal top five trios in the NBA. Yeah, so, you know, of course, we're, we're in the offseason of the NBA, a perfect time for them to start pumping out those lists that don't necessarily – make a lot of sense at that point in time. Hey, we'll talk about it. We'll discuss it and break down who we think, as Tanner said, uh, the best trios in basketball. I'm really excited for that second half. Make sure you stick around for the entire show. But Tanner, like I said, football is 
back. The preseason kicked off what last Thursday. And I, I kind of want to start with this. Look, I, I kind of want to pick your brain, see how you are. Big football buff, obviously. We've seen some coaches already, you know, playing their starters, getting them some minutes, getting getting their you know their their uh, day one rotation, their week one rotation, some reps. And then we see some coaches like Sean McVay. He's a perfect example. He, he's he's been on on the record saying, yeah. Uh, I laugh pretty much at the preseason and we will not be seeing our starters until week one. Where are you at, you know, on that spectrum? Are you on the McVay side, more like the Belichick side, somewhere in the middle? You think starters uh, should be playing in the preseason or? No, no not really. Um, I think it's pretty not that smart. You see guys that get injured and then derail teams whole seasons because they get injured in the preseason. Facts. But at the same time, more injuries happen in training camp than they do in actual preseason games. So if you're going to have these guys practicing every day, might as well let them hit guys on the other team instead of each other. <laughs> right, right, right. So, so I mean, I'm kind of torn. Uh, I think it is important to get some sort of, like, live reps against a different team before yeah. the season starts, whether that be simulated practices, whether that be – a third preseason game like they normally have. Right, right. Uh, so somewhere in between, I think. I think I'm right there with you. I don't really have too much of an opinion on it. I kind of just want to see what you thought. But, uh, yeah, you know, not that big a deal. If you want to get some of your veterans, some reps, get them loose before getting out there in week one, I completely understand. And the young guys, you kind of want to see what you have on your hands, right? See what they can do in real time, in real action, out of that simulated practice, which we know is, is not – completely different but honestly at the same time is, is levels you know ahead much different than playing in, even even in a simulated practice with a different team so you want to throw them out there to the wolves or do you want to kind of wait and see what you have so I'm, I'm right there with you i'm right there in the middle don't really care too much about it uh but you simply you know you shouldn't be playing tom brady or all your guys in all three of the postseason games or sorry preseason games maybe a toss them like you said in, in that third one uh perhaps but besides that not not playing them, you know, much whatsoever. So let's talk about that preseason now. Kicked off on Thursday. We've seen some decent games. Obviously, when, when you're talking about preseason, we're not really hoping for or expecting, you know, nail biters. You know, games that go right down to the wire. Yeah, but... teams teams don't even necessarily try to win the game. Exactly. You know, when they're down late, like they just keep running the script. Like I feel like it's the most scripted. Yeah, right. Like I said, see see what you see what you kind of got. Guys who are you know 50-50 gonna make your roster, not gonna make your roster. That's really what the preseason is about. You know, people like that, I would say. Uh, but is there a team or you know, or a player as of right now? I know there's only been one week so far, but that's kind of catching your eye so far in our early preseason. Yeah, I mean, there's quite a few guys that I've liked when I've watched them. Uh I've liked a lot of these these young quarterbacks going out there and playing well. Yeah. Uh Trevor Lawrence wasn't quite what we wanted to see. Uh, the guy that everyone really wanted to go out there and watch. He kind of had a disappointing, at least first drive. Didn't play a whole much, a whole lot after that. Mm-hmm. Got strip sacked on his first play. Uh, welcome so. to the NFL. <laughs> that, yeah. I think, you know, welcome to the league. But, I mean, Justin Fields looked good out there. Wasn't playing against number one defense, but still nice. looked fast and mm-hmm. was able to pretty much do what he wanted. He said like the game looked slow. You, you yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll see what it looks see. like yeah. whenever he's uh, playing week too. one against the, the ones. Exactly, I thought that too. And, and then, uh, uh, and then I also liked uh, Mac Jones. Mac Jones, I thought looked really good for New England. 
He I did, he, dude. Uh, I can't even. I can't. Obviously, I wasn't the biggest Mac Jones guy. But I think he went third. Yeah, thirteen of nineteen, eighty-seven yards. Looked good. Hit, hit his guys when it, when they were open. You know, made, made the right play. Nothing was like jump off the page, jump off the screen by any means. But he also didn't really have but, anything that was like, you know, raw, anything to really pick apart that much. I would yeah, say, right? Pretty. Yeah, I think that's what you want for Mac Jones. I think that's why you draft Mac Jones. I don't think you want right. him necessarily to jump off the page because I don't think that's who he is. I think he's a he's a, the ideal game manager is what he is. He's yeah. he can win you a game by taking care of the football and that's what he did. Like if he continues to do that, I think this Patriots team will be good. So Cam I'm sorry, uh Mac played well. Yeah, Fields played pretty well. Uh what 14 of 20, 142 yards with that with that scrambling touchdown, obviously. So Fields played really well. Has a lot of people saying, hey, he should be that day one starter instead of Annie Dalton. Before we cover him, obviously Trey Lance, uh five of 14, 128 yards, that one big, what 80 yard touchdown, I believe it was. Like that was that that is jump off the page, jump off the screen, that play right there. But besides that, right? Not too much to talk about. He was five of 14. So kind of like the opposite, not the opposite of Mac, but, you know, Mac, he's making the right play, he's being that game manager, opposite of that kind of Trey, making that big splash play, but, you know, missing on those kind of everyday smaller throws, right? You know what I'm saying? You yeah, and that's, misses. and that's kind of what Trey Lance is, I think. <laughs> right, right? Like the, these, these, they are who we thought they were. And we they let are, him off the hook. Yeah, we let him off the hook. That's exactly it, man. And we let him off. I think you're right, though. Pretty much what we saw from everyone is kind of what we were expecting. Besides, obviously, Lawrence could have could have went a little better for Trevor Lawrence. Uh, for Zach Wilson, though, six of nine, 63 yards, didn't play all that much, but decent. We saw we saw you know how fast he gets that ball out of the pocket, that that release. I, I do see some of the comps, the guys like Aaron Rodgers, just, just by the way he delivers the football. Uh, but, but yeah, I think pretty much everyone, like you said, we. They are who we were, and we let them up. Look, exactly that. <laughs> but but that's the question now, right? Some of these guys, like a Cam in New England, like what's his face, uh, Fields and Dalton. There, there are different quarterback, you know, competitions going on right now. You know, yeah, there's plenty of competitions. But before we get there, I just want to mention um, how terrible this taunting rule is in the NFL. Oh my gosh, ridiculous, dude! Like I, as a fan, let me know what you think. As a fan, I don't want to see the big. You know, I remember the Super. Uh, the Super Bowl, Tampa Bay wins. They throw the deuces up to Tyreek. I love stuff like that, man. That is awesome. More of a, you know, it's a deeper story, right? That guy did that to us when they kicked our butts week. I don't remember what week they what week they played in the regular season, right? But mm-hmm. uh, they do it to him in the Super Bowl. I mean, they, they do it to the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. I love it, man. I love yeah, it. Yeah. It's a great part of the game. And they're taking that away or trying to, at least it seems, right? Yeah, like, did you see that run from the Colts running yeah, back where yeah. he carried that guy yeah. for, like, eight yards, and then he yeah. got up and, like, flexed, and they threw a flag on that? Like, if they're going to be calling that. <laughs> you see what he just did? Yeah, that's terrible. It's awful. But, uh, I'm right there with you. It's terrible. It's it's just not good for the fans, right? That's, that's yeah. what we want to see as consumers. We like to see. Obviously, some stuff is over the top. We, we know some stuff can be a bit in your face, in your face. It's like, hey, all right, not not cool, not cool. But for the most part, it's all, you know, fun part of the game. You know what I mean? So I'm right there with you. Let's talk about those quarterback competitions now. Let's start in New England. I, I think that obviously the Trey Lance and, you know, Fields and Dalton, all, all that is talked about right now. But New England, they have the veteran, obviously, the, the former MVP in Cam, who is coming off a so-so year. Y'all Probably say, his worst year of his career. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. 
definitely the worst. Probably the worst that, that he ended as is like that he played all the games. Exactly. So we'll, we'll we'll go with that. And then Mac obviously came out and played very well. Seemed like you said, seemingly was exactly what we thought he was—a a great game manager, which we think would fit, uh, you know, phenomenally in, in New England. Where are you at right now on that Cam Mac situation? For me, I would probably rather start Cam at least the first few weeks of the season. I'm probably giving him at least four games barring any terrible performance where it's like, okay, we got to get him out of there. I'm probably giving him not necessarily the first half of the season, but the first quarter or so, at least I'm probably giving to cam. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm proud, oh, man. I'm so torn on all these yeah. quarterback paddles with rookie quarterbacks, because I mean, as much as we've seen guys come in and succeed as first year quarterbacks, like kind of getting thrown to the fire, like, last year with Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow. Yeah, but yeah. a lot of times that doesn't work. Look at Jared Goff's rookie year. I think that really slowed Rough. his progression his as coaching, a whole. You can, say, you can say his coach, you know what I mean, all that. But you're right. You're 100% correct. He definitely could have used half a season to sit at the very least, right? You yeah, and like, so there are guys that really do struggle coming out as rookies and look at Sam Darnold's rookie year. Like what is he, if he gets the chance to get used to playing at an NFL speed before he gets in there. So I'm always in favor of throwing these guys in later rather than earlier, Mm -hmm. but in the Patriots situation, I don't know if Cam can get it done. Like, Better, right? Yeah. Mac probably yeah, and like, offense. Yeah, and Mac Jones gets the ball out fast and he, he doesn't does. take he doesn't take a whole lot of hits. And the Patriots added receivers and guys on the edge to hopefully they can get the ball out faster. Right. So I I do think Mac Jones is a better fit for this offense than Cam Newton is. Yeah. So, I agree. I honestly yeah, I, so yeah, I'm right there with you, like four games maybe. Uh and then you bring I, I in Mac. Start Cam. You know, like you brought him back this year. He he played he, he had spurts of good for you last year. Yeah. No, not everything was bad for him. Not like, everything was bad. He played okay at times, right? He ran so, the ball super well too. Yeah, definitely super super especially in, in, in red zone scenarios, right? But but still, uh it's tough, right? I, I do I do start with Cam though. I think he earned that last year, but I don't I don't make you know make it go eight games. If you're four and four through eight games, I'd probably make a change to Mac because that's a good roster and probably is better than a four and you know what I mean. So I'm right there with you. Start them out and see how it goes. What about in Chicago? This is I think a, even a, even a bigger controversy right now. I feel like is in Chicago saying, "Hey, Andy Dalton, Justin Fields." So Chicago, obviously, big controversy there. Andy Dalton or Justin Fields? Fields played very well in the preseason. Or sorry, is in his first preseason game, I should say. Where are you in Chicago? You know, Justin Fields all day. Oh I my think God! Ju- so you're not even debating the 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 no, red rifle no, I mean, being the starter. I I 100% think Andy Dalton will start Week okay. One, but I don't think he should be the starter Week One. I think it's clear that Justin Fields is the more talented quarterback there. Oh, 100%. Gives gives your offense any sort of chance at legitimacy with. Andy Dalton is your quarterback. What is the cap for the Chicago Bears offense? It, there is a ceiling. There is there without Ext- a doubt an extremely low ceiling. Low ceiling, yes, there is. But dude, dude went four and three in the last seven games last year. He can win you some games. You know, obviously, he had a, a loaded offense in Dallas. That helps. That helps. The offensive line was beat the crap. They, 
the wide receivers and the tight end or the wide receivers in Chicago ain't the wide receivers in Dallas. I promise you that. No, you are. You're, you're right. I'm not even going to debate that you were. And I said that, that helps me. I'm a cowboy guy. hundred percent Cowboys have a better offense. I'm going to flex on them for a second, but, but either way, dude, dude proved last year. He's capable of winning some games or at least not losing you games. He's, he's been in the league. What over, a decade, fifth. I don't, I don't think it's been fifteen years, but he's been around. He's been around. He's won games last. I think to end the season last year in those last seven games, going four and three, had a thirteen to four touchdown interception ratio. So he was decently accurate. wasn't giving away the football that much, and you know had a, had, a, had a winning record in the last seven games. So I probably do lean Andy Dalton the first week the first two to three weeks maybe if you're zero and three you're one and two obviously you make the change what if Andy Dalton somehow you're two and one I, I honestly I, I ride the Dalton train until the wheels fall off and if that's if that's two games in three games in if that's eight games in it really kind of depends but I, I honestly ride the Dalton train then when when that's you know when that's coming to its end and you see Fields who's been primed and ready he's been watching eight weeks of football been in the system even long, eight, eight weeks longer i think that would help him a lot instead of throwing him out to the number one defense or number a top three defense in the league in, in, in the uh in the rams especially with their defensive line and with with the i don't want to say deteriorating but you know not a great offensive line in chicago no like any a bad offensive line so i don't put him against aaron donald his first unless you want again again he is no doubt the better quarterback. I'm not debating that. I, I just think Andy Dalton, it's it's a, bit, it's a bit safer for your franchise moving forward if Andy Dalton starts week one, week two, week three in comparison to throwing your rookie out there to the Wolves right away, despite him looking so ready. So I, I get your side. I get both sides. But I'm I'm thinking more long-term, long-term if I'm Chicago, saying, hey, we've had Trubisky's, Jay Cutler's, you know, all these different guys, Andy Dalton's. We finally, hopefully, have the guy. We hope so in, in fields. Let's not, you know, go too soon. Let's let's take our time and make sure he's the guy. Make sure he's in the best position possible, so we have him for 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 a you know good amount of years. So that's what I'm playing. I'm playing the long term game, not necessarily short term. I don't think it's a Super Bowl roster in Chicago. So if it, if it's a loaded roster, all we need is that one quarterback spot. Then sure, put put the best position out there. But this is a somewhat of a you know getting back to it. I think team they got to get back to where they were. Even even a couple of years ago, I think this was probably um, a little bit better of a of a roster overall. I would say right. So I don't know. I'm I'm leaning Dalton over Fields. Okay. So uh, moving to San Francisco, where we have a quarterback battle that we didn't necessarily know we were going to have before the draft. I think there is one, though, right now, right? Like a little bit of one, at least. People are saying that a little bit. Yeah, Where are you in San yeah. Fran? Yeah, I mean, I I lean pretty hard Jimmy Garoppolo on this. Mm-hmm. I think I don't think Trey Lance is ready. Uh, like you said, in this first preseason game, he's 5-14 or whatever it was. Yeah, no. Uh, like he's, he's not accurate enough with the football yet. Like he, he's been playing – FCS defenses, there's a big difference between that and uh, NFL defenses. Yeah, dude's so, barely played in like the last year <laughs> as well, right? He, yeah, he, he yeah, and he didn't use... play last season. Like, yeah, so I think he needs a season. And Jimmy Garoppolo is a capable quarterback. Jimmy Garoppolo is yeah. 
probably the best quarterback we've mentioned as the veteran guy here. Hundred percent better, be, better than Andy Dalton, Heck and he's yeah. better than Cam. Uh, Cam Newton right now. Thank you. Uh, so, yeah, I think Jimmy Garoppolo is yeah plenty good. Like it, we just saw two seasons ago, he took this team to the Super Bowl. Fourth quarter, they were winning at one point, right? So it was a quarter away yeah. from winning the Super Bowl. So I, I agree. I think he's the better quarterback right now. Day one, he's going to be more, more, you know, obviously he knows the offense better. Veteran quarterback, he's been in that spot before. He's, well, he didn't play a lot last year, but at least he played a bit last year, right? And uh, I definitely take Garoppolo over Trey Lance right now. Obviously, moving forward, I think Trey Lance is obviously going to be the future in San Francisco. That's, that's just a no brainer. Hey, if, if, if I'm San Francisco, I don't start Trey Lance again this year if I have the option. No, I mean, I don't think they're going to have that option. I think Garoppolo, as you've seen his track record, I don't think he's, I don't know if he's ever played 16 games, maybe once. I, don't, I think I don't, the season they went to the Super Bowl. Did he play all 16 that year? I'm okay, so, pretty so, sure. Okay, so I, think maybe, that, but I think that was the only time. So that was the only time, though, right? Maybe, maybe once. So the track record says he's going to have an opportunity to hop in there at some point. I hope. I, I'm, I'm right there with you. 100% though, I, I agree. Garoppolo should be the starter for the entirety of the season. Make your evaluation at the end. If Trey's ready, try and make a, make a trade for Garoppolo. Put your guy in, in that position. But Garoppolo should be the day one guy. He's the best guy in that position in the locker room. And, yes, he should be day one, at least year one. He should be the starter and, until, of course, we see the injury that isn't necessarily if but when with that guy. Uh, the only couple of other ones going on right now, what probably New Orleans with uh, Jameis. Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston. Is there? I don't know if there are any other quarterback comps going on right now besides that one, though. Uh, Denver. Oh, uh, Denver. Uh, right, right, right. Uh, uh, Bridgewater and Locke. Locke Lock and Bridgewater. That's pretty easy for me. I probably, I don't know. Actually, now that I, phew, as soon as I said it, it's easy. I'm like, wait, I really don't think it is. that Because Locke probably has a bigger upside, but Bridgewater yeah. is much more consistent, probably more, more mm-hmm. of a consistent veteran. So, ah, I'm yeah, Bridgewater's a game manager. Locke's got the high upside. I don't know. It's like, it's tough. I probably start with Locke. I probably start with him. I don't know if I, I don't know if I put him on the bench. I might honestly just kill his confidence right away. So try at least get what you can out of him. Then when the when the brakes fall off and you know, when the wheels fall off, you put the game manager in. Get get some you know tr- try and salvage your your season. And he's been a backup. Yeah, he's been a backup. Exactly. He's not. He's used to that. He he won't you know change. He won't be affected by coming off the bench whatsoever. Right. So I I probably start locking that scenario. As far as New Orleans goes. Winston has got to be the clear choice. He's got to be the number one. That's that's what I keep thinking. But like, how can Taysom Hill out? But the depth, the depth chart that was just released had Taysom Hill at number one. I don't even think Sean Payton knows. I think Sean Payton's just dealing with that whole Michael Thomas bullcrap that's going on right now. Honestly, the whole him not getting surgery over the summer, choosing to wait and take the surgery. And I think he's just dealing with that crap, and he's just. I mean, I don't even know if he knows, but. In my eyes, it's it's clear that Jameis has the higher ceiling, and honestly, even right away, I think he's the better quarterback. Yeah, I, th- I think so too. Taysom Hill, what he does best is not play quarterback. What he does best is catch the ball to the backfield and run the ball and design runs and stuff like that. And if you have Jameis in, you could still use As that gadget guy, to where he can get get catch the ball on 
uh, little screen routes or you can right. run a little post for you or you can catch the ball on a designed run. You still can have that element of your offense that makes your offense kind of dynamic. It does work. Yeah, it does. People thought it, people thought it wouldn't work, and it kind of has the last couple of years with the Taysom Hill experience. And then you can still have that if you have James Winston. But if you use him as your actual starter, you can't bring James Winston in. You know, I, like the, I, I agree a hundred percent. And I, I think like you said you can still use Hill with with, with um what's his name? Jameis Winston Jameis. in the pocket. You can still use him in, in other ways, right? So I'm right there with you. I think he's the better quarterback today and just the better one moving forward, has a higher ceiling. So that's what I do. I don't think that's too much of a debate. I'm usually going with in most of these scenarios, I'm usually going with the veteran with New England. I'm going with the vet. Uh, Bears going with the veteran in Dalton, 49ers going with Garoppolo. Uh, besides besides Denver, I'm going with the young guy in Denver and Drew Locke. I think he should probably start in Denver, but same thing in uh, New Orleans. I think the guy who's been playing quarterback longer and Jameis Winston probably should uh, be that day one starter. Let's move on and talk about the NFL's top 100 list. I, I think I said it earlier, you know, the entire list isn't quite out yet. Well, number 100 through number 41 is out right now. We're still waiting for the top 40 players to be released, but let's go ahead and discuss what is out there so far. Tanner, what's the first guy you wrote down on your list as far as guy that's a little high, maybe a guy that's a little low on this top 100. Okay, I got a couple of both. Oh man, um, a couple guys that I think are pretty high on this list to where they're overranked. Okay, uh, Corey Davis is not a top 100 player in the NFL. I, I think I wrote uh, that, that down right here. I'm like, oh, Corey Davis made the cut at 91. I wrote that down. As like, well. go ahead. He what? played okay. He had what 900, 984. Uh, yeah, 984 yards, 64 Houston. catches. He he's not a top one. Okay. He played watching that well. guy. You can tell that he's not. <laughs> and then Trey Hendrickson above Shaq Barrett. That, hopefully that's a prank. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I, I agree though. That was a little bad. What well, Barrett was at what 88th. He dropped yeah. about 56 spots in comparison to last year. Yeah. And he's six below Trey Hendrickson. So it doesn't really make, and I'll tell you right now why I'll tell you right now why. He went from 19 sacks to eight sacks. That's exactly why. But he was still a power two. He was still top two in the league in pressures. No, I agree. I, I, as far as what he does, I agree. I'm, I'm saying I think that is the biggest reason he dropped. But again, 56 spots. That is dramatic. That's, and then, a, that's a big move. Uh, also, um, so there's 41 spots there. Levante David, my guy, 43. Most people say Levante David is better than Devin White. Devin White's not on this list yet. Uh, so you don't think he's going to make it, or where are you? If think, if you Devin White is not, not if if Devin White is not on this list, I am going to be. JJ so. Watt made the list, by the way. Yeah, like was saying, like not that he can't play anymore. He can still be a bit of a game changer, but. Corey Davis is not a better football player than Devin White. Even Corey Davis, right? We'll, we'll go Corey Davis instead of JJ. Yeah, that's insane. <laughs> that, that's insane. That really, that really is. But I, I have a little bit of hope that he still makes the list. But the fact that he's not here yet, and we're at that number forty spot, the question is: Is he a top forty player in football? That's kind of the question right now, and probably not, right? Probably not. Yeah. 
Yeah, like I think he can be. I think he will be. He could He's still be. a young guy. He's like 23. Like, oh, no, yeah, but... yeah. But based off what he did last year, I I, I get it. I, and he probably probably won't be on there. I could be wrong. Um, I was looking at Zach Martin, obviously, for, for the Cowboys. He's at number 85. Uh, I was 55 last year, so he's dropped about 30 spots himself. And when he Mostly felt, because of injury, I feel like. That's an injury, right? I think he missed uh, – I don't have the exact games, but he missed a decent amount of time last year. was on the IR uh, for, for a little bit. But when he's healthy, he was a huge part of that offensive line for, for a long time in Dallas. And for, for years – uh, you know, I think I think they're still a top five offensive line when they're fully healthy. But for years, they were uncoveted that number one, you know, that number one best O-line, a bunch of Hall of Famers, what, two to three Hall of Famers, you could say, on that offensive line, right? So I get it, but probably due to injury, but he did drop 30 spots in comparison to last year. I saw your man uh, Tannehill, Ryan Tannehill, made the, made the cut, uh, number 83. He dropped 15 spots, but he, he made the list. Yeah, I mean, as you should. But the thing is, is this list is always notorious for receivers just get so overranked on this list. Cole Beasley. Cole Beasley. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, Corey exactly. Davis were on this list, but like no offensive linemen like ever make this list. Yeah. Uh, there's like there's like six total. And I promise you out of the top 100 football players significantly more than six or offensive linemen. Oh, 100%. We saw Tim. You saw what Tim Tebow just tried to do. <laughs> Did you see what Tim Tebow just tried? You know, the blog area. That's tough, man. That is one of the toughest jobs in football. Uh, how about your man? I see, I see the jersey hanging out behind you. Tim Tebow, though, he got, what, cut? Right, rightfully so, that man's getting cut from the roster. No way in heck he should be playing tight end professionally <laughs> in the NFL. You know what I mean? So, glad to see that. I saw, uh, what, Godwin... Trying to bring, I, I just brought, I saw Tebow behind you on your wall. So I, mm, yeah, I know you're good. <laughs> uh, but Chris Godwin, what do you think about him dropping 43 spots and being at number 81? Great. I figured I'd pick uh, your brain about, about the Bucks, the Bucks spot. Uh, yeah. Um, I didn't think that was too terrible of a spot. Uh, I, I personally think he's the third best receiver on the team. I know he's good. I know, I know Antonio Brown's not going to be on this list, but I think Antonio Brown is better than him. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I do. Uh, I think Antonio Brown's probably the best receiver on the Bucks, but uh, yeah, Chris Godwin. I think he, he's appropriately appropriately ranked. His numbers were down because yeah, he went because because we had less yards. Five because we less had yards because we had significantly less weapon. I mean, we had significantly more, more weapons. weapons. Exactly, just like balls exactly. going to a lot more different guys. Like yeah, he still played his role just and, as and he good as he did the year before. Yeah, and he was hurt and. So yeah, I was kind of expected. The buck I was the most mad about for his placing is Tristan Wirfs. Tristan Wirfs at eighty nine. Oh yeah, 89? Tristan at eighty nine is a crime. Yeah, and then you have Cam Jordan in the sixties. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, in the fifties or whatever he was yeah. like. Low Tristan, high fifties, low sixties, one of the two. But yeah, Tristan yeah, Wirfs yeah. stonewalled Cam Jordan both games. Mm -hmm. So no, I get that. Or all three games. So Michael Thomas. I think one of the biggest changes on the entire list was Michael Thomas. He's down to 72. He's down 67 spots, down 67 spots at 72. Obviously, he was injured last year. Was a Didn't have any shot. touchdowns. Had no touchdowns with a shell of himself. And obviously, you know, especially me, I brought it up earlier. I'm not loving the story of him pulling a, pulling a Scotty Pippen 
and being like, yo, I'm not going to ruin my summer. Uh, I'm going to take, I'm going to do my surgery at the beginning of the season or you know, in the middle of the season in, in comparison to doing it in, in, in our off time. So I don't love that. I don't like that at all. And I think honestly, that is coming. I think that relationship is coming to an end. The Michael Thomas with new Orleans. I think we could be seeing a move within the next, you know, within the next, in the foreseeable future. I'm not sure how long Michael Thomas is going to stay as saying though, without him, they're, they're long range. They're their long range threat. They basically don't have one. They always don't have a deep threat. Right. So I, 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 I get the fact that, why, you know, why you would bring him back, but we'll have to see there. But again, down 67 spots when he's healthy, he's a top, what top five receiver in football. I would probably say. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. They're about number five. So I don't know. Uh, that, I, I, I get it, but that was one of the biggest changes on the entire list in comparison to last year as well. Speaking of speaking of uh, guys that might not be top five, uh, did you see the Jamal Adams contract? No. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Become uh, the highest paid highest safety. Paid safety, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, he doesn't play safety first off. Is he more so of a linebacker? That, He's more of a linebacker, he isn't he? Plays like three yards off the ball. That is not a safety. Yeah. He has less career interceptions than Jason Pierre-Paul. Uh, he has as many career interceptions as Jason Pierre-Paul had last season. Okay. So uh, I don't know if it you know this, really Jason, but away. Jason Pierre-Paul uh, plays defensive end. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And is missing half a hand. Yes. So he does not play safety, we can yeah. say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, but he's a very good linebacker. He's versatile. Uh, he is versatile. Yeah. You, can, you can put he's him in different a, spots, you know. Except safety, uh, yeah, he can. He's a, he's a linebacker. That's what he is. I hate. Hey, I, hey, I saw, I saw all the these reports. Safety, bro. <laughs> all the these reports were saying they're like, yeah, he's the top paid safety. I'm like, no, he's not. He's not I a safety. I saw him. He was actually filing to be like, hey, I'm not a safety. He was saying, I'm I'm a linebacker because he could get paid more as a linebacker. Yeah, yeah, linebackers more. make more. Linebackers make more money. So like, it makes exactly. sense that he got this contract because mm-hmm. that's. Because it's not safety. Like Darius Leonard makes ninety six, like, and he's making seventy. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I get like that. I, I mean, it made sense for them to pay him, though. They, they, uh, what? Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying Jamal Adams is a, a bad third, football player. I think, I think two firsts and a third they might have traded for him a couple mm-hmm. years ago, right? So they, they gave up a lot. Might as well keep him on the roster because of how much you have to let go to get him on. Uh, but Baker Mayfield, another guy that made the list, he finally in the in the top one hundred. He made it at what number seventy one? Yeah, number seventy. I think he made it after his rookie year as well. Did he? Okay. Because yeah, because they said he was he back in the top of the year. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so he didn't make it last year, but he's back. Uh, what well, obviously though, leading the Browns to the playoffs in the first time since I don't know when, honestly. So it, it, uh, first playoff win since the Browns became the Baltimore Ravens. So. Okay, so I don't even even since know since ninety four since yeah, nineteen ninety four. Okay, holy cow, it's been a long time, man. So first time since ninety four gets him a playoff win. Had thirty five hundred yards, twenty six touchdowns, eight, eight eight interceptions. I get it. I think he's a top one hundred player last year. I get him. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I think he is too. I, I didn't have any problems with him. His placing on the list is Kyler Murray on the list. He hasn't been on there yet, so that basically makes me believe he's either not going to be on it or they think he's a top 40 player so uh either way his placing is wrong 
Either way, his placing is wrong. Exactly. He should be around that Baker Mayfield range, I would say. He's, he's probably, mm-hmm. I don't know if I put him ahead of Baker, maybe a little, but right around that Baker Mayfield spot. I, I would definitely have, have a guy in Kyler. So you're right. Either way, they got it wrong with Kyler. Uh, JJ Watt, uh, 66. He's down 21 spots. Obviously, only five, oh, he only had five sacks last year, not eight. He only had five sacks last year. Uh, but also, also saw the most double teams in the NFL. So was double teamed the most, still was able to get five sacks. Obviously it was a comeback year from him as well. So that was decent. He made the list. Uh, but Herbert made the cut, uh, Justin Herbert at, at 56. Uh, Kittle, one of the, one of the other big moves, George Kittle, uh, he's at 50. He's down 43 spots. That's because of injury. He only played eight games last year. So he's going to make his way right back, but he's, he's down at number 50. Uh, McCaffrey as well. Another person, he's at 44. That's down 38 spots. Uh, obviously, last year only played three games. Still, still managed to have 375 yards and six touchdowns in those three games that he played. But okay, impromptu question for you. I know you're All not right. prepared. Where would you Who's rank snack? Christian? Mc, where would you rank Christian McCaffrey in running backs right now? I don't know when he's playing. I don't, I don't know if I put him at number one, number three, top three comfortably. Top three okay, comfortably. but but what number? Because obviously he's top three. Uh, I don't know if I should go one or not. I uh, the the amount of yards that man can get, the amount of out, you know amount of output. I'll put him at two. Behind. That's who I'm debating right now. I didn't know if you're gonna ask me that. <laughs> oh, no, no. Uh, dude, that's such a hard. Who's your number three? Who's your big three? Let me see that. Who's your big three? Uh, I would go one, Derrick Henry. Two, Christian McCaffrey. Three, Dalvin Cook, probably. Okay. I like that. I'm going to piggyback. I'm piggybacking on Tanner's. Derrick Henry's got to be the best back in football. Um, McCaffrey, though, I put him over Cook for sure. Okay. I'm cool. I'm cool with that being the top three. We'll see. Yeah, I, was, I was just curious. I was just curious. We'll see if my man Zeke can make a reappearance in that top three. I think he's like top six, seven, you know, at this point in time. Um, I'll just Somewhere around there. Let's see if he can get his way back into that top three. Um, but that, that's probably where I am at this point. Uh, I, any Anything else you want to cover before we move on as far as the 100 this goes? I don't think so. Yeah, that's pretty pretty much nailed all of it. You know, not the not the. I'm worst sure we'll list. have more. I'm sure we'll have more next week whenever the yeah. rest of the list comes out. Not the worst list. Not the best. I think pretty much, though, we're kind of middle of the table. I'm okay with it pretty much. Though. I, don't, I don't have too many disagreeing. You know, I, I don't disagree with too much of it. Obviously, there's been a lot of movement. Let's wrap up this first half talking about or continuing on with our with our segment nfl divisions over under it's not the most popular division in football so maybe a great time to do it here at the here at the end of the second or here at the end of the first half uh, but last week we looked at the nfc north let's go ahead and move on and take a look at the afc south uh, so the colts the jaguars the texans and the titans the line for the colts is at eight and a half uh the the jaguars line is at six and a half Texans at four, Titans at nine. Uh, I say, Tanner, let's start with the Colts. Let's start with the Colts. Okay. I think that they have a tough schedule pretty much this year. Uh, Their first five games, especially when I looked at their schedule, came into play. And obviously it's up in the air whether or not, you know, when, I should say, when Carson Wentz is going to be returning. They said like five to 12 weeks, just, just a few weeks ago. But they also were saying that he's eyeing a week one return. Right, so it's kind of confusing. I don't, I don't know when he's going to be back. I hope for for the Colts' sake, he's back within that first five game stretch because they start the season with the Seahawks, the Rams, the Titans, the Dolphins, and the Ravens. 
Those are their first five games. So they're coming out right away. They're expected to come out and perform right away. I think they it really hinges. Their season really depends if Carson Wentz can come in. You don't want to start to a one and four. You know, you, you don't want to start, you know, who knows who's going to start a quarterback if he doesn't. It's tough though for me right now, man. It really does depend on the on those first five games, whether he's back or not. Where are you at on the code? So you're thinking because the line is set at eight and a half right now post Carson Wentz, uh, Carson Wentz's injury. Yeah. Uh, I, I like this Colts team. Um, and I do think Carson Wentz will be back before week five. If they're saying he might be back with one, I don't think he will be back week one, but maybe three, maybe two, yeah, three. three. So if they can weather the storm there kind of, and he ends up playing somewhere in between where his MVP season account his MVP caliber season right, right. was he did not his... win MVP <laughs> he did not people say that all the time his MVP year I'm sorry did he take home no I'm not picking on you did he take home the award <laughs> no I mean everyone always <laughs> and, says MVP year go ahead go ahead and then somewhere in between that season and last season if he could play somewhere between those two seasons I think this Colts team could be good. I like the weapons yeah. they have on the outside. I think they're young, they're talented. Yeah. Jonathan Taylor, Jonathan Taylor's a stud. They have a good offensive line. They have one of the best we'll defenses in the NFL. Nelson's back though, because he's going to miss some time mm-hmm. as well. So you got to keep your eye on that too. But you're right. When he's healthy, great, phenomenal. Yeah, and then the defense is one of the top two or three in the league, I think. And so this this Colts team is dangerous. I think if you need a quarterback, if, you know, that's like yeah. pretty much all they need. <laughs> they need that guy. So, <laughs> So if it's an eight and a half, I got to take the over, I think. I think this team is a nine or ten win team. I have a nine and eight just because they start off slow without yeah. Carson Wentz yeah. and facing those tough teams. But then they kind of bounce back later and they get uh, they get to nine and eight. And I think they uh, maybe squeak into that seventh spot in the playoffs whenever I uh, go through and finish picking all these games. I don't know exactly where they finished, but that looks like they'll probably compete for that seventh spot. So I'm yeah, pretty I th- much right there. You know, it's a good team. Really just depends on that quarterback position, when he's going to be able to play, how many games can he play? Cause like I said, the first five games are tough. Then some other tough games, another, another four tough matchups. I put the bills, the bucks, the Patriots and the 49ers after that tough five game stretch. So over half of the season, is going to be tough. It is It is not going to be an easy route for the Colts, but I'm right there with you. It's a good roster. Questions at quarterback, but I, I think they at least get to eight, get, get, get to that eight and a half. Um, so I'm going to take the over as well. I'm not, I'm not the biggest Carson Wentz guy. Obviously, he was in Philly. I'm a Cowboy guy, right? So a little bit of bad blood there. I'm glad he got out of Philadelphia, to say the least. Uh, but I'm going to take the over because of how good the team is a, as a whole. I think they get right to that nine wins. And if, and, if, and if Carson can play all year and play like he was like he was just a few seasons ago, they can get to that 10, 11 wins, I think. Right. So uh, I'm going to take nine uh, with the with the tough you know first start. And then with, with, with there being questions, obviously, I'm taking nine and eight for my uh, for my I'm taking the over, obviously, for the Colts. Yeah, I, th- I think that sounds good. Would you want to talk about the Jags next? Yeah, let's go Jags, man. Obviously, the biggest addition to the roster. They won the draft with Trevor Lawrence. But, oh, yeah, okay, obviously they cut Tebow. <laughs> that, that, that's good as well. <laughs> Cutting Tebow was a big move as well, you could say, sure. Um, I don't know, though, man. They won, a, they won one game last year. 
Like, what do you want to do with this team? Is is, is Trevor the, the line is set at six, six and a half? Do you think Trevor Lawrence brings them at least another five to six wins this year? You know, I don't know. Um, I put them at. I put him at five and 12. I think this team is going to yep, make improvements. I think Urban Meyer is going to come in. He's going to light a fire under these guys. And Trevor Lawrence will play well. Too, and they have, they have Travis Etienne. They got James Robinson. Uh, they have some talented receivers. They uh, have a few talented guys on their defense. The defense needs a major, uh, some major upgrades. So does their offensive line. But yeah. This team does have some decent players. That's why I got them at five and twelve. I don't have them down there with like the bottom feeders. Yeah, uh, I think they are a couple pretty good players away from being a real good team. Mm-hmm. So I think five and twelve is about right for this team. And they're tough. They're gritty. They uh, they play play close in a lot of these games. Yeah, I think I put I put down five and twelve as well. So I, I think they get to five. I am taking the under for the Jags. But again, there are questions. Uh, there are questions. Urban Meyer. There are some doubts or some questions if he will, uh, you know, translate 100% and be able to win in the NFL consistently. So I am wanting to see that a little bit. Obviously, Trevor Lawrence, with all the pressure, everyone's saying, you know, he is this coveted you know, number one quarterback that we've been waiting on for years and for years and for years. I just I want to see him go through a year. Right? So I don't think he can win them an additional six six games by any means, but I, I do think he's good enough to bring them up to five wins from from just one season ago right so i think he's good enough for four additional victories so we have five and 12 taking the under on the jags as well what about the other quote bottom feeder i think this is the real bottom feeder in in, in the division and one in the entire nfl big question at quarterback the whole deshaun watson drama not even sure he's at he's at training camp but a big question if he's even going to be playing or can he play like legally with the NFL, all the, all the different lawsuits going on? Can he even, uh, you know, uh, put on the Jersey, right? So that's the question. They did make a decent amount of like moves. I would say during the free agency period, not necessarily good moves, but yeah, that's, they made it. Moves. that's it. Right. Just because you make moves, just, you know, just because the, the amount of moves that you made, it doesn't equate to good additions. You know what I'm saying? So it doesn't mean just because you made a lot, it doesn't mean it's going to help your team whatsoever. That's exactly what I'm thinking. And they won four games, Tanner, last year with Deshaun. With him, they only won four games. Probably not going to have him. They have a tough schedule. I think they win two, maybe three games next year. Yeah, I I hate this team. I mean, not that I hate this team. I hate the, I hate the roster on yeah, this I, team. They uh, they're not talented as far as NFL teams go. Uh, but Deshaun Watson is a dynamic quarterback. Deshaun Watson is a top five quarterback in the league, probably. And uh, if he's out there, he's going to win some games by himself. By himself, exactly that. But I kind of accounted for him not being there whenever I was picking these games because I I just can't see a situation where the NFL lets Deshaun Watson play quarterback this year with what's going on. Heck no. But but it's also – they haven't said anything, so they maybe maybe they are just gonna let it go. Because <laughs> uh, the NFL is kind of unpredictable stuff it like really that. Is. But I don't know. I don't think he will be. I really. But don't. yes. No so I went with he. I. I went with that he's not gonna be out there. Yeah. And uh, so I have him at two and fifteen. I. <laughs> so bad, dude. So bad. 
Tyrod Taylor might be the starter of this team. I think he's going to be the starter. Uh, yeah, I think for, he will. And uh, it's it's kind of cool. how many times lately is uh, Tyrod Taylor supposed to have been the starter somewhere, and then uh, Oops. He just gets yanked out <laughs> yeah. from underneath him. Oops. So you're you're 100 right. I there's a a very low ceiling, not a very talented team whatsoever. I can't even pick out their best offensive, their best talent. You know what I'm saying? So. Not, not much because, to talk about whatsoever. Because for y'all that say Will Fuller, he ain't there. For you guys that say... Uh, oh, yeah, you're right. They can't even say... You're 100% correct. Who is the best player on that roster now? Like, as, as a skilled position player? Yeah. I think their starting running back is Mark Ingram. Uh, oh, they did get Mark Ingram. Okay. That's okay. I'm looking okay. up the... Uh, that's Brandon like, Cooks is the best oh, receiver Brandon on the team. Brandon Cooks, okay, but still, dude, he should be like your if third Brandon Cooks best is, receiver. Yeah, he could be number three on a good team, three or four. But I mean, mm. uh, but I mean, uh, Larry Tunsil's good. I think he's gonna be a good player for them for a long time. So, as a whole, though, not much to talk about. They win two, maybe three games. We're pretty much on the same page there. What about Tennessee? Titans went 11 and 5 last year. Biggest addition, obviously, the man Julio Jones coming into town, you know, stacking up on that offense. It is a tough schedule. They play the Seahawks, the Bills, the Chiefs, the Rams, the Patriots, the Niners, the Dolphins. Goes on. Tough schedule. Uh, but I, I think I like them at 9 to 10 wins. I'm not sure they get back to 11, uh, but I think they get to 9 and maybe even 10. So I'm, I'm thinking I'm taking the over on Tennessee. Not 100% sure they get back to 11. Uh, but I, I think I like him to win 10 games. Yeah, I think Tennessee is the best team in this conference. I mean, not in this conference, in this division. I was like, whoa. Uh, <laughs> okay, no, I, no. I, I have him at 11 and 6. Okay. Uh, okay. I think the addition of Julio Jones is huge if he could stay healthy. Uh, him, A.J. Brown, Derrick Henry. Uh, oh, yeah, it's an extra game. Also, I keep blanking yeah, sometimes on an yeah. extra game. So maybe they get to 11 with the extra game played. Tannehill, I think, is going to be able to get those guys the ball. Uh, they need to step up the defense, but they were pretty banged up last year. If those guys could stay healthy, I think I think this Tennessee team can really make some noise in the AFC. And you don't want to tackle Derrick Henry in December, I promise you that. Nobody even seemingly can tackle Derrick Henry, you know, especially you know in that point in time, right, in the season. So, yeah, I like it, man. I think they win 10, 11 games. And they're going to be a very a top five offense, a top four, three offense, you could say, in football. There's a lot of good offenses out there, but they're going to be one, one of the better ones. Tannehill, I think, was ranked like 83rd or something on the list. They have a, they have a you know, a, a AJ Brown is pretty high. AJ Brown, thank you, AJ Brown as well. So they, they have the pieces. They have Henry, obviously, added the big guy in Julio Jones. There, there were questions, you know, last couple of years as far as them getting to the quarterback defensively so I, I i don't know if those are going to go away i don't know if they partially you know upgraded i know they lost JV, uh what was his name uh clowny but he didn't have a single sack for them last year so maybe that's an addition by subtraction i'm not really not 100 percent sure there if they're gonna you know, get it get any better where they need improvement at but their their best thing their offense got even better and i don't think they're gonna like drop off any mean by any means right so and we should bitch that they lost their offensive coordinator Oh, they did. He went to Atlanta. Atlanta. Arthur's, right. Arthur Smith. Playing with uh now obviously Kyle Pitts getting them. Yeah, that'll be nice. That'll be nice for him. But yeah, that's a loss. 
that 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 could affect. We'll see. But I, I completely forgot about that. But overall, I think we pretty much I think we agree 100 percent on these standings in, in the division. So Titans at one, 10, 11, 11 or so wins. Uh, Colts at number two. Maybe maybe they get to 10, maybe probably at that nine spot, though. Jags around five and then Texan down there at the very bottom of the entire league, not just the AFC, um, not just. The AFC South, obviously, yeah. top of the bottom of the entire league at maybe two, maybe three. Yeah, yeah, they might be picking number one. It's very likely. But we pretty much agree there. You know, a lot going on in football. The preseason is going to continue uh, another two weeks, I believe, of, of, of preseason until, you know, just, just le- obviously leading up until that kickoff. So a couple of weeks of preseason football, more and more of the top 100 list is going to be coming out. So hopefully more to talk about that as, uh, as the weeks go on. Obviously, as I said, NFC South or AFC South, that is our predictions for it. Tanner, I say we take a short break, then we come back and talk my favorite league. Let's talk all things basketball after the break. How's that sound, my man? Sounds great. All right, guys, for Casey and Tanner of Dudes Talking Sports, we'll be right back. All right, and welcome back. As we said in the first half, all things uh, basketball, the NBA here in the second half of the show. Thanks for sticking around. Tanner, let's start off with the Joel Embiid contract extension. The Sixers signed the MVP candidate to a four-year, $196 million extension despite his injury-riddled pass. So what was your first opinion? What was your first thought when you saw the Embiid a contract news come out. I think it was a good signing by Philly. Yeah. Uh, the first thing I think of anytime I see the 76ers is what's going on with Ben Simmons right now. Dude. But because we'll talk about that too. We'll talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. We'll because about. that's what all the 76ers future. I feel like it's tied in. They know what they have in Joel Embiid. I if Joel Embiid could say healthy. He's the best. If not the best, he's the second best center in basketball. I would say and, the best, uh, even more most like, dominant. You know, maybe yeah, so, maybe Jokic can do a little more passing wise and stuff, but two way, best center in basketball. It's got to be. Yeah. So I mean, I think he's gonna be. I mean, I, th- I think they're gonna be good. I think they. This is a good deal they had to kind of make. Like you can't let Joel Embiid walk. You can't let him walk. He's your franchise player. You can't let a guy who's coming off a year averaging twenty eight and ten on fifty one percent shooting and thirty seven from three. You can't let that guy walk. <laughs> okay, yeah, you can't. No. You gotta lock that up. Despite, but that's the biggest knock on him though. Like like you just said, the, the injuries. Uh, like we said last year, he played fifty one games. I'm pretty sure he missed 25% of the season last year. Missed a quarter of the regular season. Uh, 2019-2020, 51 games. 2018-2019, his career high is 64 games in an 82-game season. 64. So it's safe to say you're not getting him for 70, 75, 82. You're going to be getting him for 50, maybe to 60 games in an 82-game regular season. You're probably getting him for 50 the 60 games right so that's what it comes down to as far as like like you said moving forward what their chances are as far as like actually being being a solid championship contending team it, it doesn't necessarily hinge on this Joel Embiid contract right because like, as you said they know what they're getting from Embiid two-way guy best center in basketball 28 points uh 10 rebounds over 50 percent from the floor they know what they're getting 
simply they also know what they're not getting. They're not getting him for 25 to 30 games. So that's when it comes down to what, the, what are they going to do with Ben Simmons, right? They, they have got to get a player who can play over 60 games. They got, they, get, they got to get a guy who can play close to 70 to 82 games. For, you can't have both your number one and your number two, you know, your best players on your roster missing 30 games, missing 25. You, you can't have that. You're not going to be a successful regular season team to get the seeding you need in the postseason. Uh, but again, because of what, what Embiid does, as we said, you know, you're not going to knock him for four years, $196 million. Phenomenal deal for, for the 76ers. Keep a center like that. Uh, one of the more popular players in, in, in the league, I would say, right? So you got to keep him on the roster. They need a one through three. You know, this makes it even more important that they nail the Simmons trade. They need a one, a two, or a three that can spread the floor, you know, ha- have better spacing with Embiid. Obviously, both Simmons and Embiid offensively both need the paint. And you can't have you can't have Embiid just out there sitting on the three point arc. Though he can shoot threes, that's limiting his game. You, you got to have him doing a little bit of both, maybe two or three three pointers a game. Besides that, though, you need him banging down low in the paint. And Ben Simmons can't he can't score more than ten points a game, right? And not, not even with, with, with Embiid down there. Uh, so I th- I think you're right, and I think that this pretty much just you know means hey, you got to nail the Simmons trade. You got to hit that right. You got to get the right piece to pair with this guy who is such a dominant force. But again, it's when he's on the court, he's not always going to be there though. You know what I'm saying? So I agree, dude. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, if he can't stay on the court, then this trades, I mean, this deal is going to be rough for the, uh, for the Sixers for, for the four so, years, you know, another yeah. four years. He's already he's already a Sixer for for I think this season. I don't, I don't think I think he might even have two yeah. games left on his deal. Right, so like they did do this a little early. Um, but one thing that I do uh, want to talk about that was in the deal that was or is not in this deal that was in his prior deal. His last deal was about a four year, five year, hundred and fifty million dollar contract about, and there were clauses in there saying if he injured his knee, injured his ankle, his foot. He, he would be he'd be getting paid a significantly less amount in comparison to what he signed that dotted line because they agreed this guy's injury prone. We're not going to pay him as much if he continues to get hurt. However, on this contract, nothing, nothing as far as an injury hmm. clause. They're paying him the four years, 196 if he's hurt, if he's healthy, which and I found out that he actually negotiated the deal by himself. With no agents, that's, that's interesting. With no lawyer, he negotiated and he made sure that there were going to be none of those clauses, so he would get you know, the full amount of his money, right? So I love that. All I think about though, when I see this move, all I think about, as you said, you brought it up our first second talking about it, is the Ben Simmons trade, right? That they have got to nail that, and they got to get the right player. The first guy to come to mind is probably a guy. So he played eight. He's played, he's played eighty plus games three times in his career. He's played 70 plus games twice. He's only been in the league around eight seasons can score or is an average of 23 points, five assists, 40 from the three point line. That's CJ McCollum. That's CJ McCollum, a phenomenal, no, I was a phenomenal player, but a very good player. I think he would fit very well in Philly. Another shooter to spread the floor also can ball handle a ball handle and run the offense for you at times. I know the biggest hinge in this trade, the biggest thing kind of stopping it is Daryl Morey watching the Damian Lillard stuff saying, hey, I don't want C.J. McCollum, the 
the B minus version, the B plus, the B version of Dame. I want the real deal, the guy that could very well be available in Damian Lillard. So that's the biggest thing holding back this trade right now, saying, hey, we can get someone better than McCollum. I simply don't think that's true, though. I, I, I don't think Ben Simmons is worth a Damian Lillard type ass. You know what I mean? I, I would no not doubt. Not by himself. Not by himself. No, not whatsoever. And I think that's what Maury is waiting on. Daryl Morey, uh, Philadelphia's GM, obviously. So they can't afford to have two 60 to 50 game players in a, in a regular season on the same team. They cannot have that. Uh, but again, I think they had a guy like CJ McCollum, a guy who can play 70 to 80 games for you, average 23, five and 40% from three. Someone like that, I think can increase your chance at an NBA title. But Tan, let me, let me ask you the question. Do you think Embiid during this next four to five years, he's a Philadelphia 76 or at least, do you think he can deliver and bring a title to Philadelphia? Where are you kind of on that? Uh, I mean, if I had to bet, I would say no, just because four teams are going to do that. Like, do I think they have the top four highest odds in those years? No. So I would say no, but I think it's definitely possible if they make real moves to this offense. I think, I mean, real moves to this team, just because you got, you got to move on from Ben Simmons. Clearly, Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid together do not work. And I don't think Tobias Harris is answer at number three option either so. i think he's a good number three though like it's a it's a solid number three I, obviously on a great team that's your fourth best player but he's getting paid like your second best player right now so you can't really yeah. afford to have the fourth guy getting paid second best money uh but i think very comparable to a guy like andrew wiggins even he's like the fourth best player on the warriors i think harris would be a great fourth best player on a, on a on a good team right so i think that could be it they need a couple of other you know solid pieces i really have to nail the ben simmons trade and i if i had to answer the question you know will they win a, a, a title i'm really not sure because i i don't think Embiid can withstand a regular season and then a deep playoff run on top of that you know he was hurt this year after only playing 25 percent of the games came back partially healthy got hurt again in the second round against Atlanta, he still averaged 30 and 11, not to knock his performance by any means, but can he withstand physically the toll of a regular season and a deep playoff run? I, I really don't think he can. History tells us he definitely cannot. Uh, so that's the biggest factor in me saying, no, I don't think Joel Embiid uh, will bring a title to Philadelphia, but Hey, I could be way off. They could trade Ben Simmons for Damian Lillard. And then, boom, they're the you know one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference, one of the better teams in basketball, one of the better duos, right? So you don't want to say it's impossible, but do I think it's going to happen ultimately, with especially with the roster they have now? No. And, I, again, I don't think he can withstand a physical toll of a regular season and a postseason. Uh, not much to talk about as far as um, any, any more about Philly. Great signing, I would say, though, overall. You, you got to lock up a 28-10 and 10 guy, even though he does have those injury issues. When he's on the court, those 50 to 60 games, he's one of the best players in basketball, right? So that, that, that means you got to fill out your roster to accommodate for his – uh, for the cons and the pros, obviously the cons being him not playing. So you got to find the right pieces to play on the nights. He's not going to be able to go. That's the biggest thing moving forward for the Philadelphia 76ers. Also going on right now, though, Tanner in basketball, the summer league. 
I mean, I, I am a, I am a huge fan of summer league basketball. You know, it's where the NBA's young talent and some of the hopeful veterans, you know, can kind of come and play together and try and earn a roster spot or earn, you know, one of those training camp spots. People might, might still be fighting for that starting spot in training camp. Uh, so I, I love the summer league. It wraps up tonight uh, with, with the Celtics and the Kings in the championship game. Last time I checked in on that, uh, Sacramento was ahead by like 15. So uh, for me, I was kind of booking a Sacramento victory to win, to win the summer league title. Uh, but Celtics, a very good team uh, throughout the summer league. Sacramento, obviously both teams making it to that championship game. Let me let me go ahead and... and uh, yeah, they won 100 to 67. A hundred to sixty-seven. So they what won by thirty-three points. Holy cow! They beat the crap out of that team. Davion Mitchell was getting it done on both sides of the court. Wasn't as efficient offensively as you would hope for, but defensively was locking down guys like Peyton Pritchard, who just dropped ninety games. I'm sorry, ninety games, ninety points in a pro am game just the other day. I didn't let's say he wasn't playing against the best difficulty, obviously, but to lock up a guy like that, you know, fresh off a 90 point game, that that's a legitimate NBA defender right there. But some some rookies and I should I should say some second year guys. There are a lot of second year guys who I think played really well in the summer league. First got to come to mind Tyrese Maxey for Philadelphia. Uh, he averaged 26 points and five rebounds and five assists in a few Sheesh. games. So he played very well. Maybe he can be that starting point guard, you know, re- replacing Ben Simmons. Maybe, maybe a little early. He's going into his second season, but, you know, potentially that, that the potential is there for a guy like Maxi. Uh, Bull Bull, I think he's in his third year now, but either way, he's averaging 21 6 on 44% shooting and 40% from the three. So Bull Bull playing very well. I think it's about time. We finally start to see some bull bull in the actual regular season. Hasn't really played much of any besides in that, that short stint in the bubble that we saw him going off. You remember the bull bull game in, in, in the Orlando bubble? But besides that, we really haven't seen him. Uh, hopefully, this is a start to his hopefully his, his career in Denver. I want to see him getting on the court. Obi Toppin, another second year player who's averaging 21 and 8. Uh, Patrick Williams in Chicago, 21 and 10. Peyton Pritchard for the uh, for Boston, they, they obviously made it to the to the championship game. He's averaging twenty points, nine assists on fifty percent shooting and fifty seven percent from three, and two steals on top of that, doing doing that on both ends of the floor. So those are the second year players I've really enjoyed watching: Tyrese Maxey, Bull Bull, uh, uh, Obi Toppin, Patrick Williams, Peyton Pritchard. As far as rookies go, the guy from Oregon, not sure if you know uh, Chris Duarte. Yeah. He's averaging 18, four and four on 45% shooting and 48% from three. He was one of the guys saying, Hey, I can come in and contribute to a roster right away. I don't need any develop. I think he's 24. I think he's 24 years old, years old already uh, of a vet in the college game, but ready to come in and make a move uh, professionally. So he's playing very well. He was a guy, the Warriors were thinking about selecting, but he was snapped right before the Warriors could get him. Uh, Kuminga, for both, both Golden State's a lottery picks, Kaminga and Moody. So uh, both are averaging 17 points. Kaminga has six rebounds and one steal. Moody only three rebounds. But both the young players averaging 17, uh, 17 points per game, though they didn't have the best summer league record. You can you can see if you watch them play whatsoever, you can say, hey, 
those guys can play and they're going to contribute sooner rather than later. But I do want to get this out of the way. Kaminga shooting terrible percentages from the floor. Uh, he's averaging like 36, 37 percent from the floor in general uh, so far in the summer. So that, that's not great numbers. You don't want to see that whatsoever. Uh, rookies, though, and continuing with the rookies. Cunningham averaging 18, 6, and 3 on 42% shooting. So, Cade Cunningham coming out and playing very good basketball. Not as efficient as you would hope at 42%. I think he's around 50% from the free throw line. So, not whatsoever the percentages you wanted to see. But, again, it's early. Uh, Jalen Green. Oh, my gosh. Jalen Green. 20 points per game. Four rebounds. Two assists. 50% from, uh, from the field. 52% from three. For Jalen Green, he's he's played very well, showing everyone and, and showing me he could have been that number one pick. Uh, he's come out and said since then he's glad he didn't go to Detroit because he'd rather live in Houston, but he wanted to be that number one overall pick. So he was dissing the area of Detroit. It'll, it'll be uh, interesting the first time he comes into town to play Cade. To play Cade. Uh, but Tanner, as of right now, the little bit of summer league that you were able to catch. I mean, are you high on a rookie right now? Do you have any rookie of the year predictions as of right now? Or Yeah, I mean, I think Cade Cunningham has a good chance to win it. Uh, I really like Jalen Suggs. I th- Jalen Suggs is my favorite rookie, so I'm going to say him selfishly. I wish he was kind of in a better situation than he is in Orlando to win that award. So I think I'm going to go with Cade Cunningham as my pick, but – yeah, Kate, obviously, number one overall pick, can do a little bit of everything. I think that's a solid prediction. It's going to be one of the top rookies next year. I am going with the number two overall pick in Jalen Green. I think the way he, he can create his own offense, the way he can catch off and uh, shoot off the catch, and uh, off the catch, I'm sorry, shoot off the catch. I really like what he can do. I think he's going to be the number one uh, as far as points per game rookie. He's going to lead uh, Houston's offense. No, no doubt be the number one guy offensively for that team as long as Kevin Porter Jr., uh, but I really like Jalen Green, and he would be my guy moving forward, at least this year, my early prediction at winning that Rookie of the Year award. Um, Casey, is LiAngelo Ball going to make the team? <laughs> Dude, I have no idea. He's played really well. Like, I can't even knock his performances so far. He's, he's had multiple, like, 15-plus point games. I've seen a couple of nice steals, a nice dunk by him as well. So I've seen him – Playing some really decent basketball, I feel like. And I, I feel like if I were the Hornets, I, I, I was listening to, to, uh, to the radio uh, earlier today, actually, and the Hornets coach was on, and he was basically just talking about how impressed he was with uh, – it's, it's Jello, right? Yeah, yeah, Leanne mm-hmm. Jello. He was saying how, how impressed he was with him, how he's just like his brother. They, they bring energy to the court and play a similar style. Uh, he's played well in summer league. I would sign him. If I were the Hornets, I would no doubt At least sign him. invite him to training camp. At least invite him exactly that or get, give him a two-way contract. Say, hey, we're going to give you a two-way. You might not play you know, on our legitimate NBA roster, but you can, we can play and develop you more in, 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 the, uh, in the G League. So I would do that. I would sign him to a two-way contract, maybe start him in the G League, make sure you know, make him prove himself for the first half or first quarter of that G League season. But if you guys need need a shooter, need need a guy in his position, I would I would no doubt, yeah, like I said, at the very least, put him on a two-way, a two-way deal. He's played well. And what, what does LeVar always say? Wait until my boys play together. 
you know, wait, wait till they all can play together. I at least want to see it. <laughs> I at least want to see if he's full of it or if, man, this guy was correct the entire, the entire time and they just ball out together. Who, who knows? Uh, but I, I would, I would bring him to, to training camp and give him a two way contract. If I, if I were Charlotte from, from what I've seen so far, uh, and he's still a super young guy. I think he's like 23. Maybe, maybe, maybe. I don't, I don't think he's 24, maybe probably 23. Years I, old. Is he even 23? I know, I know, I know LaMelo's like 1920. I think Lonzo's like 24 or five. He's maybe 22. Maybe he's like 22. He's around that age. He's pretty he's 22. Okay. He's, he's pretty young. So he's, he's got an upside. He can play maybe a little bit. Maybe a little bit on two ways. He's a decently sized six foot five shooting guard. He's got a little bit of bulk to him as well. So I I, I like him. I would sign him. And I think it's a little comical, you know, as I was like, oh, we're going to sign Angel or, or a uh, Jello ball. But I think he could help. I think he could help. And he's a decent player. I think he can play, at least give him the opportunity. Uh, so yeah, I've, I've been very impressed with Summer League. I've, I've enjoyed the games that I have played. And Jalen Green is my prediction for Rookie of the Year. Tanner going with Cade Cunningham. Let's wrap up this second half. Uh, talking about Bleacher Report's big three list. It's that time again, off season. Another kind of random list being made by ESPN, Bleacher Report, all that. That's what we expect. Uh, but this time, you know, they, they list the top 10 big threes in basketball. Basically, the best three players on a team ranked one through 10. This is their ranking. Let's start with Bleacher Report's top 10. So the Bulls at 10 with Levine, uh, DeMar DeRozan and, and Vucevic. Atlanta at number nine. Didn't even know this was a big three. Apparently it is. Uh, Trey, Trey Young, John Collins, Clint Capella at number eight. Way too low at number, you know, for number eight. But at number eight is Phoenix, the big three that just made it to the NBA Finals. They're all the way down there at eight uh, with Paul Booker and Aiton. Utah's at seven with Conley, Mitchell, and Gobert. Miami at six. Butler, Lowry, Adebayo. Warriors at five. I was actually a little impressed. I put Golden State so you know so high on the list. Uh, Warriors at five. Steph Clay and Draymond. Seventy Sixers. Embiid, Simmons, Harris at four. Did not like them at four whatsoever. Uh, Lakers at three. Obviously, Russell Westbrook, LeBron James, Anthony Davis. Your Bucks at two with Giannis, Middleton, and Holiday. And then Brooklyn. I said it last week. I think I think they have the best big three in basketball. Bleacher Report agrees. Uh, Brooklyn at number one. Katie Harden and Kyrie. Though they only played eight regular season games together. <laughs> you know, I I, st- I forgot about that. I was doing some research uh, earlier. I'm like, holy cow. They literally played less than 10 games in the regular season as a big three and still went seven games with what are now the NBA champions in the Milwaukee Bucks. Right. So I'm excited to see what they can do next year with with double digit games played together. (laughs) Uh, But what were your first thoughts? I I think Phoenix at, at eight Phoenix at eight has got to be way too low. They're a top five. I would say they're I would say they're a top five big three in basketball more than likely. Yeah, and I was first scrolling on the list, and I saw Phoenix today. I was like, "Oh, that kind of makes sense." And then I kept scrolling. I was like, "Well, they're better than that team." And I was Utah, like, well, they're better than that yeah, team, exactly. Then I was like, "Well, they're better than that team," you know. So I was like, "Made it to the finals." So I was, I was like, yeah, I was like, "They're definitely higher than eight. Maybe the Bucks a little high at two, a little high at two, but they won the title, so they 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 overhyped them a little bit, and they way underhyped, you know, under undervalued the team that lost in Phoenix." I think for the most part, it does 
I don't I don't hate the list. I don't love it. I don't. I've seen it. worse list. I've definitely, definitely seen way worse. Uh, but Bulls at ten. That's a question mark for me. They haven't even played a single game together as a big three. Yet you're putting them at, at at number ten. I don't get that quite. Maybe I think you brought it up earlier, uh, off air. What about Denver? You know, Denver. If if Jamal even plays, right? We'll see if he plays whatsoever. Another drop of the mic by Taylor, but it's cool. Uh, we'll see if he plays. But I would put Denver ahead of uh, ahead of uh, Chicago, who hasn't even played a single game together, and and Atlanta, though Atlanta did make it to the conference finals, is Trey Young and John Collins and Clint Capella a, a, a big three yeah. by any means, right? So that is was that a big three? I'm not even sure. That was my biggest question. Uh, like, is this yeah, and especially three? especially if Michael Porter Jr. takes that next step, which yeah. I think a lot of people think he will. I think Denver could be on this list next year. Oh, they they sure. should be I, I like at least top right five now. next year. Is what I'm saying they should be right now, but yeah, they could be a very a very you know a very high team on this one going forward for sure for sure. Utah at seven, I'm cool with Utah middle of the pack, Miami middle of the pack. So if you had to start your list right now, let's go through me and you. Let's make our own list going down the line. Number one, I'm keeping number one the exact same. I think same. Brooklyn. I think Brooklyn big three: KD, Kyrie, Kevin Durant. I was like, or sorry, James Harden. That is some of the best offensive talent I think we've ever seen come together. And they played eight games last year. They played eight games. They're going to be even better in, in this upcoming season. So number one is, yeah, is yeah. Brooklyn. I agree, what, about I agree. Num- what about number two? Cause that, your, your Milwaukee bucks was set at two Lakers at three. What are you doing there? I have the Lakers at two. Okay. I think with you. a healthy LeBron James and a healthy Anthony Davis and <laughs> yeah. adding Russell Westbrook to and that MVP. team. I don't, I don't think. I don't think as a big three, they're better. I think Giannis makes up a lot of ground for that Bucks yeah. team. But I, I would put the Lakers at two and the Bucks at three. Okay, so Bucks at three, Lakers at two. I think I'm cool with that. So Brooklyn at one, Lakers at two, Milwaukee at three. I'm going Golden State at four. I'm bumping them up a notch. They were at five on this list. I think they're four. They have championship experience. They have the core all back. Obviously, it's a question: Is Clay going to be the Clay Thompson of two years ago? That and Draymond Green is not the same player he was whenever they. No, defensively, I think defensively he is right there, but offensively, without a doubt, he has lost a step or just refuses to shoot at times he you know i think he was on hbo's is it, is it the shop with lebron is it called mm-hmm. the shop he was on that and he was like why would i shoot the ball when i when i could get steph curry a shot and like you're right you're right in theory steph curry is is a better option at taking a jump shot over draymond green but that means you still have to take the wide open ones when they're double triple teaming steph and you're wide open at the top of the key and still pass up that shot so i agree He's, he's lost a step offensively, whether that's his his call or physically. He's still a first-team all-defense, though, defender, which has, has not dropped off yet, at least, what he can do on that side of the floor. His chemistry with Stephen Clay, getting them those wide-open shots still hasn't gone anywhere. They've won three championships together. I'm, I'm putting the Warriors at number four. Um, but- I would put the Suns at four. Just because we just saw them go to the NBA championship. That's fair. That's fair. I, I think Phoenix is a, is a top five team. I wouldn't put them ahead of them, but I, I would be okay with putting them at number five. So you're putting Phoenix at four. Yeah. You're putting Phoenix at four. What do you have at five? I have the Heat at five. 
Another team that lost in the finals. <laughs> but yes, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Explain, explain. Yeah, I mean, with the addition of Kyle Lowry, I think it makes this uh, significantly. I mean, they have the same two guys that were the best two guys on their team when they were in the finals, and they yeah. added Kyle Lowry to this team. Yeah. I think it puts them at five Warriors at a close number six. I'm okay. Uh, you know, I know I, I'm I'm a little higher on Golden State than 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 most people are, especially than you are. So. I understand that. I I did put your books at three. My Warriors at four. I'm torn between Phoenix, Philly, and Miami at that fifth spot. Obviously, uh, uh, Philly, the 76ers, they're not going to be a big three, you don't think, at the start of the season. They're going to have a different player in that Simmons role. We'll see if he's the caliber of Ben Simmons. Sock is pretty low on a guy like that right now. So we'll bump Philly out. Between Phoenix and Miami, do I like Chris Paul, Devin Booker, and DeAndre Ayton over Jimmy Butler, Kyle Lowry, and Bam Adebayo? I think that's a very close call. Lowry and Chris Paul, very similar in in, in what they can do in you know, both both ends of the floor. I would say Chris Paul's better. Yeah, probably a little bit better. Chris Paul's a little bit better because of his IQ. He's better passer offensively. You know, scoring. I would I would take Kyle Lowry over him probably defensively. I'd probably take Kyle Lowry over Chris Paul, but his IQ passing the ball, I'll give I'll give CP3 the quick nod. Booker, I think I'd say Booker over Butler probably, and then Aiton. I don't know. I think it's close. Very close, but I think I'd probably lean Booker because he just made it to the final because he's ascending in, in comparison to Jimmy Butler, who's kind of where he's been the last couple of years. And then Aiton and, and, and uh, out of Bayou are very similar in my eyes. Maybe you give the nod to out of Bayou because he's been in the league a little bit longer, but I think that's a very close call. I'll go Utah. I'll go Utah. Or to, Utah's to, to, not an option. Sorry, sorry, not you. Sorry, Phoenix. Phoenix and Utah right next to each other on the list. Uh, I'll, I'll go Phoenix. I'm so sorry. Uh, Phoenix at five, Warriors at four, Bucks at three, Lakers at two, Brooklyn at one. What's yours again? I had the Nets and then the Lakers and then Milwaukee and then the Suns and then the Heat. Both are better than Golden State. I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep turning your arm. I, I won't do it too much. I won't do it too much. I guess I can. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll take your pick respectfully, I suppose. But I think that's pretty much a solid list. You got to you gotta boot Philly out of there. You got to get um, uh, Phoenix a lot higher. And like I said, I don't even know if Atlanta or if Chicago classifies as a big three at this point in time, they haven't even played a single game together in Chicago. Then Atlanta, they have one all-star in Trey young, then two good players, but it's like, can that be a big three? Those are simply, that's when we're saying, Hey, that's just your best three players. Those are not big threes by any means. Right. So I get that. I don't think it was a terrible list by any means on their end. Uh, Nothing great. Very similar to that. Uh, top 100 list we did we uh, talked about earlier in the show i think a very very comparable yeah yeah just kind of like the right guys probably not in the right order exactly you got you got the right group but let's you know let's let's move it around a little bit we'll see if your guy uh who are you waiting for for tampa bay to make make the top 100 list devin white let's see let's see if your man devin white can can make the cut going forward i think i think the the rest of the 100 I think it's been about a week or half a week or so since like the first 60 have come out. So within the next few days or within the next week, probably at the very least or the most, I would say the week of the most, 
we'll see the we'll see the the remainder the 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 top 40 because it was 100 through 41 we'll probably see the top 40 within the next three to five days i'm guessing we'll see we'll see uh the the uh, remainder of that list right i believe it is august 22nd we get 40th through 11 and then on august 29th we get the top 10 dang so we gotta wait a couple weeks for the rest of this stuff then okay okay but yeah, so next week we'll have the uh, 40 through 11. Okay, so we'll, we'll elaborate then and discuss 40 through 11. We'll see if your man and Nate, you know, your man makes the cut. We'll see if any of my Dallas Cowboys make the cut. I, I always saw the one in uh, who made the list for us. Zach Martin. Zach Martin. Thank you. So I was going to my notes, but Zach Martin, he, he was the only Cowboy 100 through 41. I am excited to see if Dak or if Zeke end up making that top 40 cut or even even a guy like amari cooper i'm, I'm very excited to see i think i think amari cooper is better than who's cole a, beasley cole beasley and Corey davis <laughs> he's yeah. no doubt better than those two guys so he's, he's gotta be lower zeke as well i'm thinking they're gonna be lower or higher whatever you want to say on, on this list excited for that so as i talked about as we talked about earlier uh summer league just wrapping up congrats to the sacramento kings on winning the summer league i got jalen green as my pre you know way early prediction for rookie of the year tanner is going with Cade cunningham to be honest tanner i'm excited to hop off this and go watch some hard knocks i'm pretty excited yeah, to watch some hard i knocks. feel you that's what i'm that's what i'm about to do too you as well i week one what were your thoughts as, as we wrap up here week one was a little i don't want to say underwhelming but just kind of mediocre in my eyes yeah. i didn't really get any much out of it you know yeah, I mean, I, I like Hard Knocks. I just like like the artistic thing oh, about for it. Sure. Like I like watching training camp. But uh, yeah, it's like, like they just don't seem like they have the super the super extreme characters to make it incredibly interesting. But I mean, they have some guy like Dak seems like he's a pretty cool guy, and mm-hmm. Micah Parsons seems interesting. And Micah seems like they gotta tame that horse. You know, they, they, they got to tame him or he could be one one wild stallion, right? So they, they got to keep their eyes on that. Uh, CD, you saw, you saw a little bit of humor from him, maybe a little bit from Zeke as well. Zeke seems a little, I don't know, a little different than I expected Zeke to be. You know, I mean, a little, I don't want to say weirder by any means, but like, I don't know. I, I didn't get that. I got a different vibe from Zeke than I have in the past, which is okay. It's cool. And my one, my biggest takeaway, biggest takeaway, Mike McCarthy is awkward as heck <laughs> my biggest takeaway is i want to try the cake oh dude who was that guy i don't even know who that guy was he just got, I, I want to eat the cake i want the cake i want to try the cake i was like who the heck even is this guy and why are they zoning in on him watching that either way i'm excited for week two or episode two i think they're going to zone in more on the rams cowboys like simulated practice where like aaron donald and connor williams kind of got into it so I'm excited to see that dynamic them playing against a legitimate defense in, in L.A. I just hope the Mike McCarthy cringiness can somewhat get him showing. I, I, I thought about this. Him, him showing the uh, have you seen Austin Powers? Have you seen? Yeah. Him? Yeah, I've seen Austin Powers as well. I'm not like the biggest, huge, like, huge fan of it, but I've seen it. It's funny. I don't know if using that for I don't I don't know if that was like the best. Also, okay. I'm pretty sure it's the wrong movie Did that he, he showed the, the picture movie? of. I, I'm pretty sure he showed the picture of the second one, and I'm pretty sure that's in the first one, or it's the other way around. I don't remember. 
I'm not, I, again, I am not the biggest guy. I'm not the guy to ask. My brothers are much more well, 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 well acquainted with those movies than I am, but I don't know. I don't, I don't think it was, it was the most, I think he was hoping for this big, Oh, nice mojo moment. Right. And everyone's just like, yeah, we're mojo moment, I guess, whatever, whatever that is, you know what I mean? So I don't love it. I, I don't love the dynamic between Dak and McCarthy as well. I want to see a little bit more of a relationship, a little bit more of a dynamic between my quarterback and my head coach. It seems very short to the point, not a lot of depth in those conversations. So I, I don't love that. I guess it's kind of just kind of showing that, hey, Mike McCarthy, as a lot of us thought when he was first hired, might not be the best fit in this locker room. And we'll see how he does in the regular season, but I think this could be telling everyone watching saying, Hey, this is kind of awkward. He doesn't really seem to fit. And if we don't see the Cowboys winning, the, winning the division, winning nine to 10 games, I think that seat is going to start to get a little hot for Mike McCarthy and Dallas and rightfully so. Yeah, for sure. I, I definitely yeah. think so. But overall guys, that's going to be it for this week's episode of dudes talking sports. A lot, a lot covered, a lot still going on. You know, preseason, a couple of weeks left in the preseason. We'll have not too much going as far as the NBA goes. You know, training camps will be, you know, probably in a month or so. But this is pretty much the quiet time for the NBA after the summer league, after the draft. Free agency is pretty much all but done. We'll, we'll have a couple more trades and some signings up until then. Maybe now the big focus will be that Damian Lillard drama, that Ben Simmons drama, since there really isn't, you know, much of anything going on besides that in, in the world of basketball. But besides that, so waiting for the rest of that 100 list to come out. We'll have more of that next week for you. I'm excited to go watch some hard knocks. You know, Tanner File and Casey Foreman for of Dudes Talking Sports. Tanner, great to be here with you, my man. Looking forward uh, to next week as always. Hopefully yep. the, the uh, Tanner just moved to Buffalo as of recent. So hopefully the move's going well for you, getting well acquainted. Uh, big news coming for Tanner at work tomorrow. So good luck tomorrow at work. Um, my man Thanks. Tanner File. Uh, great to be here with you and guys. Thank you all for tuning in. Follow us on Twitter, dudes talking underscore pod. Follow us on Instagram, dudes underscore talking underscore uh, pod. Subscribe, leave us a comment wherever you are currently listening, whatever platform you're currently listening on. But for Tanner Fallon, Casey Foreman, we'll see you guys next week. All right, what's going on, guys? You're listening to Dudes Talking Sports. I'm your co-host, as always, Casey Foreman, alongside my co-host, Tanner Filed.
hurt and then he's going and coming back and playing the playoffs, or it's because he's playing deep in the playoffs. No, this is without trips to the postseason. He can't play in the regular season. You know? Yeah. And he's and never been in the big moments. Yeah. I mean, I think he's a good player. For sure, uh, go Yankees. Growing up, I was a Yankee fan. As far as everyone listening, thank you all for your continued support. Go follow us on Twitter, Dude's Talking underscore Pod, whatever platform you're listening on. Go give us a follow, a subscribe, a comment, a like, wherever you're, like, wherever you're uh, listening. Go show us some love. Uh, we appreciate everyone's support. Thank you for listening. We can hear out. That's Tanner File. I'm Casey Foreman. Thank you guys for listening. I think that's going to be it for this week's episode of the Deuce Talking Sports. Sounds good. Deuce Talking Sports. Sports.